Partners in Ministry, a presentation of Josiah White's Quakerdale Foundation, dedicated to growing ministry support networks, introducing people to a cause that connects with their heart, bringing hope and encouragement to our communities as we seek together to serve as Christ served. Welcome to Partners in Ministry. My name is Dan Smith, and today I'll be talking with Felicia Carter. Felicia is the founder and executive director of the Center of Attention Community Resource Center in Waterloo, Iowa. In this interview, we're going to talk about grief, what it is, when it can happen, how we can grieve well, and more. Welcome, Felicia, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Dan. Now, sooner or later, we're all going to experience grief. It's it's inevitable. But I don't think many of us kind of really know just what is what grief is. How how would you describe grief to somebody? I would des- um, describe grief as a natural process, um, a natural response to a death or a loss. All right. And what are some typical times that we can experience grief? You know, um, a lot of times it's probably the death of a loved one or losing a pet or friendship or maybe um, knowing that you have to move on from a particular relationship or something that you do that is harmful to your well-being, and I would say holistically well-being, psychological, mental, physical well-being. Sure. Can you give us some examples of when you know that you've experienced it or went through grief yourself personally? You know, Dan, I just went through the loss of an ex-husband who was the father of my four children, was who was a great man, who was a great friend, who was a great father. And um you know, and, and that was just here recently and, you know, recently. And then before that, I I, I had to let go, close the door to some relationships that wasn't supportive or encouraging to me as an individual. So same process, just a different, you know, situation. So I believe grief can happen along any spectrum, any time of your life, expected, unexpected. Sometimes you have to, you know, close the door, be the one to, you know, start that grief process. So it can happen any time in our lives. Sure. Which brings out the point that you said it's it's natural. It should not surprise us when we find ourselves feeling this this grief, this anxiety, this sense of of immense loss. I remember how surprised I was when our last child, we took him off to college and it came back to the house. And all of a sudden I just started weeping bitterly out of nowhere. I thought, what in the world is going on? And all of a sudden it dawned on me, I'm actually grieving the fact that I don't have kids in my home anymore. They're all grown up and gone. And I was not expecting that. That would really surprise me. Mm-hmm. But I think it but I think it tied into the fact that there was a there was a a real loss that I was experiencing that I was never going to get that again because those yeah. kids have gone just as if someone had passed away. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, and be, and because it's natural, obviously we need to learn how to deal with it. So 
um, how, how do we, how can we grieve well? What are some of the things that we need to do to make sure that we are grieving well and not just putting it in a closet? Because that doesn't work. I've tried that. Yeah, you know, what I have been um, trying to do is feel those emotions, be present in every emotion that I am feeling. If it's sad, if it's disbelief, if it's um, laughing, because that's the thing, like remembering some of the good times and um, some of the the memories that was made, you know, in a moment you can think about the memories and have a laugh and then you can, you know, go to sobbing, um, like you said earlier. And so it's like, I've just tried to embrace what I'm feeling and talk about it. You know, um, not only am I grieving, but my kids are grieving as well. And so I'm trying to be you know, present for them and ask them, is there anything that you want to talk about? You know, um, just so that way they can feel what they need to feel and be comfortable and know that, you know, other people are concerned and going along with them on that journey. So I just believe that it's just about feeling and talking about it and not stuffing um and, you know, um, the other day when I dropped my daughter back off at, in Philadelphia, I, you know, from Cedar Rapids to Waterloo, I had a conversation. It was like I started experiencing anger, mm. you know, and, and, and I saw, I, so I had a conversation, you know, in the car with, you know, their, their father. And I was telling them how mad I was at him for leaving at such an early age, I knew that wasn't going to bring him back, but I felt safe to share that. And then I also thanked him like for being such a good father. And, you know, I said some other stuff, you know, um, and, and, and apologize for some of the things, some of the, the things that I may have said to him, you know, after the divorce up until now, you know, that wasn't really God-like. And so it was like I went from apologizing to thanking to telling him that I was angry and, you know, replaying why didn't, you know, just questions and just comments. And, and it really helped me to feel better for that moment. Sure. So it is a natural process. Uh, it has a tendency to bring up um, a lot of it's it's not an isolated uh, event. It's going to bring up a lot of other things that you been may have or may not have processed well. Uh, it sounds like yeah. it's um, there's an expression of what you're feeling that needs to happen sometimes by yourself, uh, sometimes mm -hmm. with others. It sounds like that you're yeah. saying, um, and that one of the important things that are important, especially um, those of us that are parents or or as we get older, is is sounds like transparency. Uh, it, yes. It, it's good to let uh, for other people to see that we're grieving. Yes. So yes. that we can kind of learn or that we can kind of kind of share. H have you ever been in one of those situations where you were you're kind of grieving and the last thing that you needed was for somebody to give you this platitude about, you know, it's all going to be all right or there's going to be <laughs> Did you ever feel like that was not doing much good? 
Yes, I felt like that wasn't doing any good. And so um, I had a friend that didn't reach out and and they said that they wanted to give me space. And I was like, you know, until I say I need space, call me and see how I'm doing. And it was like, and I, and I shared with them, I trust you. And I needed somebody mm-hmm. once everybody left for the day. I needed to talk to somebody that I could trust that I could say some things that nobody else, you know, um, I didn't want nobody else to know. Sure. And so it's like, allow me to tell you how I want your support because I don't want to hear it'll be okay because I know it'll be okay, but right now it don't feel okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So many times what we're looking for when we're inviting somebody into the grieving process that we're going through is not necessarily an advice giver or a counselor. It's just being there so that I can I can get out what's what's going on inside of me. I I just a lot of times it's about hearing ourselves. Yes. On that. Um, So it, it looks like a part of grief is by ourselves and part of grief is with, with somebody else. It's kind of a, a mixture of, of both that it's, it's not just one or the other. Is that, is that true? Is that how you would see it? You know, I, I do believe it's that way. And, um, you know, in our culture, the black culture and some of the black culture, some of the black families, you know, from the day, the next day to up until the funeral, we have a lot of people coming in and bringing food and sitting around and, you know, sharing, you know, laughs. One of the things that I didn't like that was asked was, what happened? You know, it was like, because it seemed like every time they asked that question, it was like, you know, the, it just pierced the, the soul just even, because it's like, it don't matter what happened. What matters is, is that you were there. And so, um, for my kids' sake, we, you know, we extended our doors open, but there was times when some of those people stayed longer than we wanted them to, or I wanted them to. But because I had four grown children um, back in my home, it was like I accepted it. You know, it was like we may not have, they may not have left until 11 or midnight. And I, it was like, I accepted it because I didn't know if my kids needed that, those people to be around. And so I accepted it. Um, And that's where, you know, I would have loved to have those friends call. So I could have like veered off and expressed, you know, this company is staying too long, but I do believe that there's times when you need to be by yourself, you know, so you can get the thoughts, you can have those thoughts. And then there's times when, yes, it is important to have others. Like my, my youngest son is here, lives with me. And so every day I get to ask him, do you want to talk about anything? Mm. And giving him the opportunity to say yes or no. Asking him, am I asking too often or too much how you're feeling? Because I want to be connected. You know, you want to 
see if it's okay to ask those questions or to be there? Do you need a moment by yourself or do you want, and I pretty much allow them to let me know. Like yesterday, my middle son came over and cooked breakfast. And so I knew he must've needed some connection. And then we all stayed around and watched the football game. And then I left and went to Walmart because I needed a little time to myself. It's like, you know, trying to get back to the regular routine. Um, Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always around people in the field that I, that I um, work in. And when I go home, that's like my, my sanctuary. Sure. And so it was like, I just needed a little time yesterday just to be by myself. So I went to Walmart and was just able to like, think about what, what has happened in the last 15 days and how I'm going to move forward without this, this person in my life. Sure. Sure. You know, I noticed that some degrees in, in your, you're kind of bringing here, we got a 15 day period where, you know, you're, you're still processing, you're still working through some things. Um, my mom passed away in 1997 and there are still moments where uh, I almost have to re-grieve uh, yeah. things, things will bring it out. Are, are you, have you experienced that before too? And if so, what are some common things that we should be aware of that this may trigger that again? So my mom died December 8th of 2019. And that year we didn't have a Christmas. There was not one present under the tree, but we did hold each other and we was there for one another. I mean, her funeral was December 15th. So mm -hmm. there was no way. And it gave me a different perspective. And so around the time of Christmas coming, Thanksgiving, the holidays, birthdays, just sometimes just days when you remember, oh, we went for a drive and watched and, and saw the pretty leaves. So just moments of those traditionals and then the things that you created to be a memory. Um, for me, I just like to talk about, you know, those, those times. And like you said, it, it doesn't matter a day, a minute, you might, something might trigger you. I even find myself acting like my mom. Um, and my kids tell me that, you know, I dress like her now. Like when I go to get the mail, I might put on a, a striped hat and a polka dot jacket and some, you know, I'm just going to the mailbox. And so I find myself, you know, acting like her and saying things. And so when those things happen, it's like I gravitate to it, you know, because it's like I need a balance of, you know, mourning and memories that are are good. Sure. Yeah, sure. So one of the things we should not be surprised about, and in some ways we should kind of prepare ourselves, is that um, special things like birth dates, uh, holidays, um, times where that person was central to what was going on. We should be aware it's probably going to come back again and maybe even be proactive. I know one of the things that we started doing uh, since grandparents and so forth are starting to pass away is that one of the topics that we have around Christmas time. So we'll say, you know, this is a 
50th Christmas, whatever, without grandma, what are some of the fun things that you guys remember about grandma? In other words, be proactive about it. Give yeah. people an opportunity to anticipate. We're going to have a time to talk about these people that have, that aren't here anymore. Um, yeah. So that we can not only not forget, but I think it's also part of the grieving process to realize we're going to, we're going to hit you head on. You're not going to, you're not going to surprise me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, with birthday, there was a while where I actually still wrote birthday cards to my mom. I never mailed them, but it was just the idea of sitting down in preparation of, oh. you know, of, of writing to her. So I think there's a lot of things like that, that we can do that just kind of help us not forget uh, and, and re uh, establish the, the importance of what that relationship was. And it's okay. And, and to not fool ourselves. I like checklists. One of the things you can't put on the checklist is grieving done. Uh, I don't, I don't think it ever really goes away. Does it? No. And I remember, you know, early as 10 years old, when uh, my father's grandmother passed and at the time I was scared of, funerals, but, um, I still remember, you know, and, and my mom taught me at an early age that everybody has a time to go. And so that helps, helps to know that their time, you know, um, was this long and just to think about the good stuff that happened, you know, the memories, the, um, so it, but it never, you know, I think about, you know, and my grandmother was my Sunday school teacher. And so I, I still remember, I still think about some of those great lessons she taught us in Sunday school. Yeah, yeah. Well, Felicia, I just really want to thank you for your time this morning to just begin to start that process of grieving. Um, if if somebody really would like to, to learn more uh, about grieving, do you... Uh, is the center available for for somebody to call and get a hold of you or or what would be your recommendation there? Yes, actually, um, I am seeing a grief counselor right now. So I would love to share that information with anybody um, that needs, you know, an extra support, extra ear. Um, so they can give me a call at 319-232-6081 or 319-464-4444. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Felicia. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I just want to thank you guys for joining me uh, today. Uh, Felicia's contact information, she just gave it, but it's also on the screen here. Uh, feel free to, to give her a call if you'd like to talk a little bit more about grief or if you'd like to learn more about the Center of Attention Community Resource Center. Um, you can also find uh, the contact information in the show notes on the uh, episode on our website, or you can find it in the description of this YouTube video. So again, thank you, Felicia. Thank you guys for joining me. And until next time, let's get out there and serve as Christ serves. This has been a presentation of Partners in Ministry, a podcast of Josiah White's Quakerdale Foundation. To learn more and see the show notes for this and other episodes, visit our website, To stay informed of up and coming broadcasts, subscribe to our e-newsletter. To invest in our mission, donate today.